0: Did the lady tell you that the recording's in progress?
1: Mm-hmm. And it gives me the option to leave the recording, which I think is considerate. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, like uh-uh. there's still time to piece out of whatever's about to happen. This Zoom disaster.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's like, I hear your, you know, how in a Zoom you hear like the voices are auto tuned almost? Mm. I hear that. Like, you sound a little bit like made of metal or something. Yeah. So do you
1: but But I I am made of metal. I mean, my soul is, (laughs) is, you know, metal.
0: Oh my God. Why is this so hard?
1: (laughs) I know. Well, let's just see how this goes and you'll, I promise you'll, you know, you'll learn, we'll learn from whatever the outcome of this is. Yeah. You want to get into it? Yep. All right. I'm Liza. I'm the sewing one. I'm Megan, I'm The Writing One, and you are listening
0: to There's No Thread.
1: Today we are turning our sewing and writing eyes upon the 2012 comedy drama film, Bachelorette.
0: Oh man, it it, it like did that Zoom thing on Bachelorette. Like Bachelorette. Oh no. Yeah. Should we try? Let's try original sound again. Let's just try it. Yeah, maybe I'll hear it, but you won't hear it. Yeah, and maybe I'll just record better. Okay, so I'm going to turn it on. You turn it on. I mean everything says that this is how you should do it
1: can you hear me through the mic can you
0: unplug your microphone and plug it back in again okay well that sounds nice and loud actually i know i even heard myself i mean you sound really good great i mean i can hear static from you but it's not deafening but um it's there, <laughs> it's there. and that means that every time i cut myself out um we'll hear a nice quiet oh, oh is oh. that better talk you oh hear my me god at... it's gone
1: it's gone static is gone. What did you do? I just moved the computer a little bit. (laughs) Look at us. Look at us. Like technology is not going to take us down. I did an unplug and you did a computer one inch (laughs) shift and all of a sudden (laughs) we have totally conquered all that is podcast technology. Why would that change anything? Oh my God. I hear no static. I'm trying to listen.
0: Okay, good. Oh my God. This is so stupid. Okay. Well, let's just start over. You ready? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm Liza. I'm the sewing one. It's my turn to bring you to tears, by the way. Okay.
1: <laughs> and I feel like I'm close. <laughs> Sorry. Start again. And
0: this is all I cry about is hooking yeah, up, hooking up microphones. Yeah.
1: Uh, hi, I'm Liza. I'm the sewing one. I'm Megan. I'm the writing one. And you are listening to There's No Thread, the podcast that asks, could, would and in a super opinionated and non-objective way should the characters really sew what it is that gets sewn in the movie we are talking about today ready <laughs> totally more ready than we've ever been god damn it <laughs> where's the iron can mice and birds sew so so oh poly. No, don't, don't cut up that dress is the sewing machine where's the iron oh my god i'm sweating. where's the iron have it muslin i wear that is that, that machine even threaded Today, we are turning our sewing and writing eyes upon the 2012 comedy-drama film, Bachelorette, written and directed by Leslie Headland, with costume design by Anna Benjamin.
0: Okay, let's just go ahead and and admit that we've seen this before, because this podcast did not spring fully formed from the head of Zeus. We had to practice <laughs> a year ago. We watched this movie and did a practice recording of it, and that was the Has first time- Has it been time. a year? Almost a year. Holy shit. Yeah. But um, so that was the first time I had seen it. And I still don't like this movie, but I didn't like different things this time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, I actually sort of liked it less this time. And I wonder if it's because I've seen it like five times at this point, which is kind of a lot for any movie, unless it's like, I don't know. Sound of Music. (laughs) Sound of Music, in which case you watch it every year, or Fried Green Tomatoes, which you watch every year from the time you're eight years old. Yeah, I like this movie. I liked it less. Um, I think I was just less (laughs) charmed. (laughs) I was less charmed by the satirical hideousness and more just like, oh my God, everybody is awful in this movie. And I used to kind of like be okay with it, but I still really love like the writing and the pace and how like kind of unapologetically awful the characters are at the same Mm -hmm. time like they are truly fully their terrible selves um which is terrible in real life but really kind of entertaining on the screen
0: leslie headland co-created russian doll did you have you been watching russian doll
1: i have i only watched the beginning and then when it started to repeat (laughs) itself,
0: you're like no i'm out that's like the whole point. <laughs> I know.
1: Everybody loves it. It's yet another thing that I'm just like, I think I'm alone in this. Like, I can't. It's a Groundhog Day thing. I can't stand repeated stories.
0: It's so good.
1: No, I need to get back in there because everybody, it's it's one of those things where, again, people that I totally respect love it. And so I'm like, I should love it. And I watched, I think, three episodes. And then I was like, I can't watch this party scene like one more time. And that was like two years ago or whenever it came out. I don't know. So I should probably revisit it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm terrible.
0: <laughs> I won't tell you too much about it because um, whenever people um, tell me that I'm going to like something, I am like instantly like, no, I will never watch this. Like I've never mm-hmm. seen Downton Abbey for the same reason because everyone was like, oh my God, you'd love Downton Abbey. And I'm like, uh-uh, you would, never, never. You would, refuse. you would love it. I now you refuse. Would,
1: well, you would laugh at it and you would like the the period piece part of it is
0: my is <laughs> I'm my never going to see it. Never, theory. never.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I probably would love it, but too bad. Okay, do you want me to say like what the
0: um, plot is and stuff? Yes, Megan, please give us our main cast and who does what (laughs) and give us our little summary and all that stuff, please.
1: Okay, so uh, the cast is fantastic. It has Rebel Wilson as Becky, who's the girl that's getting married. She's a sort of wholesome and unsuspecting bride. Regan is Kirsten Dunst. She's like this queen bee friend from high school, part of the bee faces, which is four girls from high school. And they're all coming together for- for Becky's wedding, Robert Wilson's wedding. And then Jenna is played by Lizzie Kaplan. I wrote down she's kind of a stonery dimwit. And then Katie is played by Isla Fisher, who is an on-purpose dimwit. <laughs> 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 Fucking awesome cast. And you have James Marsden, who's playing um, the sort of like Ivy League, moneyed, privileged asshole. What is the position? Groom of honor? No. Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, uh,
0: best, oh, best man. Best man. Yeah.
1: And that's all the cast that I remember the, the groom is kind of <laughs> the groom's kind of unmemorable oh oh and uh Andrew Rannells plays
0: um a best friend stripper type oh and then there's Adam Scott is Clyde oh of course God the, Adam Scott the love interest of Lizzie yeah uh, of Jenna let's try and stick with their character names okay so if Regan, we can. Jenna, Katie, and Becky yeah. yeah, yeah. Like we should try to yeah. do like
1: that. <laughs> okay.
0: Try to be no. not too confusing.
1: I see where you're going. <laughs> um, so I wrote down a couple of different log lines plots. I'll just tell tell you what they are. Yeah. Um, man. the first one is pretty simple. Three bitches from hell plan a coke-fueled bachelorette party that turns into hell. <laughs> awesome. Or on the eve of their friend's wedding, three bridesmaids have mere hours to fix the wedding dress they ruined during a coke binge that sums it up yeah yeah Yeah. so we have um girls getting together the night before the wedding having a bachelorette party the bride leaves to go to sleep after a stripper has come and kind of referenced a, a high school thing in which she was called a bad name pig face so she gets upset and leaves three bridesmaids one of which is the maid of honor stay in the room start doing coke going crazy they pull out Becky's dress. Becky's a, a plus size woman. They pull out her dress. They put their skinny asses into it and they <laughs> rip it in half. What are they going to do to get this dress back in place before it's time for the wedding in the morning?
0: I have a quote from Leslie Headland. This is from HuffPost from a September 2012 uh, article by Cynthia Ellis. It says, what I wanted to do was I wanted to take a character like Becky, the bride, who I saw as really beautiful, not just outside, but also inside. And I wanted to surround her with three glamorous women who were saying to her what society is saying about her. I felt that this was a way to confront body image and the pressure that people put themselves under from different sources, whether from the magazines, films, or the porn industry, not to begin pointing fingers, but just the idea. What if three hot, really smart, funny chicks did this? would you realize how truly shitty it is? And would you notice it in real life the next time someone was doing it? Mm. So like, that's interesting. Yeah, I still don't like this movie, but... <laughs> I love it but... even more. I love but... it even more. <laughs> well,
1: I just yeah. think that you don't realize how awful you're being if you're doing it. Everybody has a sort of threshold of terribleness that um, they can blindly cross really easily. And I just think that these girls are just at it a hundred percent and they've been living in that space and yeah becky is so wholesome and so sweet and so well-intentioned and they
0: are making fun of her and jealous of her they're jealous of her they're jealous that she's the one getting married first regan especially thinks that she has earned it Mm -hmm. becky has not earned it
1: yeah regan is hands down the most fascinating character in this i mean all of the writing is good but the way that she is hated hateful and sort of I felt sorry for her and sort of empathized with her in small ways i think she has the most moments alone with becky where you're like oh i kind of see how they were friends and obviously the kind of reveal at the end is that it wasn't becky that was bulimic it was regan and becky covered it up for her and uh sort of let her be the star all the time
0: i do spend a lot of this movie wondering why were they ever friends and why has she invited them to be bridesmaids in her wedding she doesn't even seem to particularly like Katie or Jenna. Mm-hmm. and then I and then I was kind of wondering, like, is Becky really that wholesome, or did she invite Regan to be her maid of honor to torture Regan? And then I, I do love at the end when she when Becky gets mean and yells at people and <laughs> she's like cunt and <laughs> she's like calling everyone a cunt yes yeah so you're you do get to kind of be like oh now i understand why she was friends why she was one of the B faces like
1: she's um... not as overt in her terribleness but you know this is what makes friendships kind of dynamic is that they work in ways that you kind of don't understand and i think that Becky got to be the wholesome good one compared to these other girls. And that feels good to her.
0: Mm, um, yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. I it's like, like any, yeah.
1: any role that you're playing in a friendship, like, you know, with us, I'm like your dumb sister. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're, it's like, oh, like here comes Liza's dumb sister. Um, I don't think anyone like, thinks that. I know. But that, but like with other people, I am like this sort of reserved erudite one and I sort of like that because (laughs) you when I'm with you I'm just like but you know if you play the same role in every relationship it can get sort of boring but we all kind of played slightly different roles with different people and so I can really see actually how this works a lot of ways for Becky because she has done everything right and so far her life has worked out for her and her only in quotes problem is that she's overweight which Oh my God, the way that her <laughs> weight is handled is so crazy. I, like I'm like, oh my God, we've made so much body progress even in 10 years. I mean, yeah. it feels so dated and the way that they treat her size and the way they're making fun of, I mean, it's just horrifying. But yeah. Um, then again, sometimes I think that like body wellness is just totally repackaged and it's still the same shit. It's still like pressure from every direction to stay thin and be thin. I mean, I feel, I feel no less like I should be thin now than I did 20 years but- ago.
0: That's you true. Know. But at least now there there are some, like, if you wanted to see a picture of a beautiful woman who is a little heavier, you yes. can find them now.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is true.
0: So the sewing moment in this movie is repairing and cleaning this wedding dress that they've trashed. Could they, given the rules of their world, have fixed this wedding dress and gotten it to the wedding on time? Uh, so let's set up the world of this movie. This movie is like real, real, real. Everything is real in it. The time is 2011, the place is Manhattan, and they don't make up anything in this movie. They don't make up any stores, no venues are made up. This might be the realest movie we've ever done. They don't invent anything, it's all just the real world.
1: Yeah, and it's in real time.
0: And it's in real, well, (laughs) what if it is real time? What (laughs) if it really was like a six hour movie and we're just watching them like struggle? Yeah, totally. (laughs) So they have the bachelorette party and you think that's, like, by the time they rip the dress, it's, like, a one or so in the morning?
1: Yeah, there's a point in which Jenna says, it's two o'clock in the morning, with her very distinctive <laughs> Lizzie Kaplan voice. Come on, it's two o'clock in the morning. It sounds, like, kind of bro and kind of, like, she's stoned. And that's, like, fairly early. I think it's on the way to the strip club or around the strip club. So we're still, you know, don't have any idea what's going to happen with this dress.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so, like, everything is real, like... uh. The bridal salon is a real place. Scores, the strip club they go to, is a real strip club. It doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it was there at that time. Club Monaco, where Katie works, is a real store. God, Katie had so many great That still exists. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Apparently, um, Isla Fisher was just set free to like ad lib. No way. Like, just do your thing, Isla. (laughs)
1: Well, when she answers the phone at Club Monaco and tells her coworker, "Shh, it's work," and her coworker says, "You're at work," that was like, I was like, that was dead. amazing.
0: Yeah, I have to take this as work. <laughs> <laughs> You're at work. Let's walk through what happens to this dress because that kind of like sets up our time frame too. So Regan and Katie rip it, and they and the bodice rips pretty cleanly, actually, right along the seam. Mm-hmm. Katie shoves it in a cabinet. And then they drag it down to housekeeping of, at the hotel where they are. And Katie bleeds on it.
1: Bleeds on it out of her nose because she's done so much coke that she does not know that she has a nose bleed.
0: Yes. And there's a really funny moment of um, which one of us is bleeding? Where did this <laughs> blood come from?
1: <laughs> and even once she figures out that it's her, she doesn't make the connection that it's because she's doing coke and it's out of her nose. She just sort of like panics and it's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So then they are on the street and they seem to find a trash bag. This movie does not tell us where this trash bag comes from, but suddenly they're on the sidewalk out in front of the hotel, stuffing the dress in a trash bag so they can carry it. Is it a clean trash bag? Is it Mm -hmm. a dirty trash bag? Where did they find this trash bag? I mean,
1: the treatment of the dress for the entire movie since the rip was just like, we do not give a fuck about this. Like, they do not help themselves. (laughs) Truly bitches
0: from hell from this point on. Once the dress is in a trash bag, it's just a regular old black trash bag, there's a moment where uh, Jenna throws the bag into a pile of just, you know, your classic New York City sidewalk trash pile. She just kind of throws it in there, (laughs) then they they have to dig through and figure out which of these trash bags has the dress in it. And then once they find it, Katie steps on it, Mm. and then Jenna takes it into Scores, the strip club, and lays it on the counter in the stripper's locker room, and then... A stripper comes over and talks to Jenna and wipes her hands on, uses the, the dress as both a towel and toilet paper.
1: Yeah, so she wipes her own crotch with this dress while, like, having a girl talk with, with Jenna about yeah, life.
0: So uh, those are the things that happened to this dress. Blood, dirt, yeah,
1: wrinkles, ripped,
0: and semen. After that, it is taken to someone who will fix it. We have a real miraculous fixing moment. Let me just mention the dress real quick. Everything in this movie is real, including the dress. The dress is not from the bridal salon that they show in the movie. The dress is David's bridal. Yeah. Um, and I found that out because there's a quote from Anna Benjamin where she said what a great time she had with, um, with Rebel Wilson and that they had a connection because they're both Australian and they just had a great time shopping at David's bridal. So I read that quote and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I'm going to find this out. So I looked up David's bridal, uh, bridal collections from 2011. And I was able to kind of like just look through on the Internet all the wedding dresses that were in that collection, specifically ones that have that sort of uh, V-neck, um, little cap sleeve off the shoulder, sort of wrapped bodice look. And I found it. It's part of their 2011 collection. And it is, in fact, called off the shoulder wedding dress with side draping. It's 100 percent polyester. It's no longer in stock, but the serial number is T9861. Nerd alert! If you want to recreate this look. <laughs> <laughs> so, the first time I, re- I watched this movie, one of the things that upset me about the movie that seemed really unrealistic was that the dress rips in a really fixable way. Like, if the fabric tore, that would be like game over. You can't really fix that. But the dress tears right along the seam where the bodice sort of overlaps itself. And that actually is very fixable. (laughs) And the bodice actually, it appears that the lining also rips in the same way. And when I watched it the first time, I was like, that's completely unlikely. But then this time thinking about it, I was like, okay, so the way that the bodice would be constructed, the lining would probably be in one with the one piece that under that, you know, appears to underlap the other Mm -hmm. piece, like they're in one and the other parts in one. So if they were to rip, they would probably rip separately like that in a way that you really could put them together. Then, then the other thing that really upset me watching it the first time was why was the dress in that room at all? Yeah. I I kept being like, that dress would be like under lock and key in (laughs) in the bride's room. But then this time watching it, I was kind of like, you know, what they've done here is they've rented a prep room and it's the same room they use in the morning. And it was the room where they were going to have Becky's idea of a bachelorette party, which was ice cream and champagne.
1: Yeah. Oh, Becky.
0: Yeah. So yeah, this time I wasn't mad about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also like as maid of honor, I think it would make sense that your duty may include like just dress protection. I mean, you had my dress in your possession. I mean, you made my dress
0: in my possession. Is, Cause in, I made it.
1: Anyone else doesn't know at this point in our relationship, <laughs> Liza made my wedding dress. It's the greatest experience of my life. I wish I could put it on every day. You
0: Sometimes can. not
1: dream about being inside that dress. I know. It's like right over here. I could just put it on. Um, yeah.
0: But yeah, like I had it in my possession because you, the prep room in the, in the inn where you got married, it would have been locked. It would have been fine. But I just didn't want to let it out of my no. sight.
1: Yeah, but no. <laughs> no way yeah it would have been totally fine but like you'd been with it for that long and why not just put it up in your room
0: and you remember i had you i booked you a little appointment at david's bridal just Mm. to try on shapes and you remember like what a kind of nightmare that was like they i have to assume that when a costume designer goes in with an actress they hopefully close the shop and they tell the um sales girls do not give us the hard sale don't worry we will buy something back off
1: (laughs) also this is for a movie and not for an actual wedding so we're gonna get what we need for the movie
0: yeah so um back off oh my god our sales
1: experience was so intense liza do you remember it was so
0: intense i remember that like i feel like my whole role was to tell the sales girl we are not buying today just like over and over and over just say to her we're not buying today yeah and she was like yeah okay but let me just bring this out yeah you're sure
1: you're not buying, but okay, let me bring out the creme Dollar la creme. And that last dress <laughs> that I tried on was like, I mean, it was like a full kind of like low rent princess dress, but it was so heavy. And that was like the thing that we had talked about is you were like, I want you to know I want you to know what you want to feel like inside this dress because you're going to be wearing it for like 12 hours and do you want it to weigh a thousand pounds.
0: Yeah. Do you want to feel like this? <laughs> yeah.
1: And one of those dresses I put on was so heavy. I thought I was going to have like a carry sex in the city moment where I just like fell to my knees and started screaming and like, ripping it broke off. Like in hives. Yes. Because <laughs> it was so heavy and kind and of felt like suffocating.
0: And I totally ran you through drills. Like you remember I was like, go over there walk up these steps hug somebody pretend to dance
1: (laughs) yes oh but i will say we did end up buying a a a davis bridal dress there was that one beautiful yeah yeah yeah
0: and was that do you think that that was because the hard sell was so hard or do you think that was like would you have bought it even if they weren't like being super aggressive they were so aggressive like we had to go decompress and have coffee afterward yeah
1: and I was like, I am no closer to knowing anything about anything. I just feel confused and tired. <laughs> and I remember you were like, So it's did it okay. backfire? Was it worse? <laughs> you were like, you drew some stuff on a piece of paper and you're like, but it's okay. And I was like, okay, we're going to get there.
0: Would you say, do you recommend this to um, future brides to go try on a bunch of things or does it just not help at all?
1: Um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't recommend that. I mean, it was so memorable. I think just for the way that my brain works, sometimes more is not always better but I knew we were going to get there, and it was like a enjoyable experience. Also, that was when we thought I was getting married, like six months later, and then I didn't.
0: Yeah. So
1: I felt there was a little bit more pressure. Thank you, COVID. Right. So my <laughs> wedding was pushed three times. Not a big deal. But initially, this was like September, October of 2019. Um, yes,
0: and with a 2020 spring wedding in mind. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah um, I'm
0: sure a lot of people out there. I can feel that
1: (laughs) my last pitting on March 7th, 2020, when I was like, Liza, something's going to go amiss here with this pandemic. And you're like, it's going to be fine.
0: And then like a week later, I was like, oh my God, it's not fine.
1: (laughs) Well, even the way you said it's going to be fine. I was like, Liza does not think it's going to be fine. It was like the most unconvincing. It's going to be fine. (laughs) But I was like, of all the times she's told me in my whole life, it's going to be fine. I don't believe her. She doesn't believe her.
0: (laughs) Okay, so I have to work on my it's fine face a little bit, I guess.
1: <laughs> well, I think you just didn't believe it. It was the first time in your life it was not going to be fine for no, man. reasons none of us had ever experienced.
0: It was a bad time. Mm. All right, Megan, she's got three problems. Okay, I guess I should say who she is. Okay, so these three awful bitches from hell have ruined the dress, ripped it, trashed it, everything. Eventually, Regan is the one who figures out that Jenna's uh, love interest, Clyde, his mom sews. Like, Jenna doesn't remember this. Regan remembers this. Mm. And so she's like, we do know somebody with a sewing machine. So Jenna takes it to the mom. They show up at Clyde's mom's house. It's 4.30. We get a time stamp on that. A.M. 4.30 a.m. And this wedding was...
1: I'd say they definitely have to get to the venue by 9 a.m. Because they are like...
0: That makes mad sense. mad Yeah. So it's 4.30 a.m. They show up. This is one of the things that made me mad the first time I watched it is I thought that the mom was awake and fully dressed at 4.30 a.m. And I was like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But this time watching it, I was like, oh, no, she's just wearing like we have a scene where she's walking down the stairs and she's like, what are you guys doing here? It's the middle of the night and her hair is all crazy. And she's pulling on a sweater over just like a T-shirt and pants. And so like I think that she is just in her pajamas. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just overreacting the first time. I was like, why is this lady?
1: It was, good for, it was good for you to have a second viewing so you could just not react as much. You could hate it slightly less. It's not,
0: we're not saying that people who sew are ready to sew at all moments. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we're not.
1: <laughs> and it's not easy.
0: So the three problems that these three awful girls have are time, lack of ability to triage or focus, and the fact that they're so off-putting. So I'm going to start with the off-putting problem. This whole movie could have been fixed. This whole problem could have been fixed. The movie was would have been solved if when they had gone down to the hotel housekeeping, they had not been so awful to the lady in charge. <laughs> because that lady and that housekeeping department at the hotel, 1,000% could have fixed that dress and spot cleaned it at right, I was 1 a.m.
1: Like, would a fancy hotel like that have a tailor on hand, like something ready for anything that could go wrong with a wedding? Yes, right?
0: Um, I'm not sure if the... The wedding is not at the hotel, so they don't have, like, that whole wedding venue thing. Oh, got it. Okay. They're in a department that has... Like, you see somebody steaming uh, some draperies in the background. Mm. You see different equipment, and for sure, they've got the ability to... (laughs) Steam and spot clean because it's it's the draperies department of a hotel like they're used to cleaning things. Yeah, yeah. They do have a dry cleaning facility in the basement because later Jenna brings the dress back in the morning after Clyde's mom has fixed it magically for her. If they didn't have the ability to sew it, they certainly would have some kind of hookup. Yeah. Um, because they're obviously there working all night long. The lady who she talks to is still there in the morning when she goes back with the dress to get it cleaned. So their main problem is that they're so yucky (laughs) to be around. Oh yeah, they march out She won't help them.
1: Yeah, they order her to fix it and then they bleed all over it. Yeah, they're just sort of rude and condescending uh, to the housekeeping department, which there's been a lot more focus in the past 10 years about like treating people in the service industry or in any kind of service just better. It's not sexy anymore to, like, be rude to people <laughs> that are helping you just because you can. And so there is a real kind of, like, class moment where you're like, oh, like, these girls are talking to her this way. Like, you know, excuse me, ma'am. Like, we're we're serious here. We're, like, important, and you're not, and you need to help us. And she's just kind of like, fuck no. And it really sticks out in several parts of this movie. Same with the way she treats, Regan treats the wedding planner. Um,
0: oh yeah, it was super awful.
1: Yeah, it's pretty awful. I think she even says some racist things to her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and is just like very dismissive of anybody that's in any type of service role, which um, shout out to my wedding planner,
0: (laughs) Emily. (laughs) So now actually I want to ask you about your wedding planner, Emily, who's so great. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you think that if you had called her at 1 a.m. and said, oh my God, or I guess it would have been me since I was the maid of honor, if I had called your wedding planner at 1 a.m. and said, oh my God, rip the dress, what do I do? Is she the other person who could have helped and solved this, this problem right away and the movie would be over?
1: Yes. A hundred percent. Also, if you had called Emily, you wouldn't have been insulting her in the process, which is what Regan was doing in every interaction (laughs) with the wedding planner is like telling her she's useless and also like telling her to do stuff. And that's like like yelling out things like I'm paying you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yes, I mean, I think I told you that all of the signage for my wedding, every seating chart, every table placement, every everything um was supposed to be delivered and it got backed up. And so Emily had to print everything uh hours before the wedding. Yes. And she was like I had to I was like copying and pasting things into Word, like sending them to her like before as the opening events are starting for the rehearsal dinner and stuff. And um she just like had a printer. I don't know how she did it. She had a printer friend, a company that she went to and all of a sudden Everything I needed was just there. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She
0: She was totally Um, able to do that. So, yeah, I bet that if Regan had called Becky's wedding planner, who she's obviously dealt with a bunch already. Yeah. And And established a terrible relationship with already. But if she had called her.
1: (laughs) I mean, if you're a seasoned wedding planner, you've probably seen all there is to see. So, yes, that could have also created a situation where we didn't have to watch this.
0: Situation unfold. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, like, it's so fast paced that you're just yes. you're, you you know, don't you're still reeling from the horrible thing you just saw when more horrible stuff comes. Like this yeah. movie makes me feel really um, argumentative and and cranky and frustrated because it's like I just can't move on from. Like I'm, I'd never have resolved. Like, oh God, that was horrible. Oh no, this is horrible. Oh, there's more horrible things for me to absorb. Ah.
1: like yes, yeah, and just constant. I, I was totally into it. I wanted sure to know what's gonna happen next. <laughs> I like kind of love the characters. I thought every line out of Isla Fisher's mouth was just genius, hilarious. I mean, the <laughs> moment when she confides to the guy that she's stupid, and then she says, "No, you don't understand everything anyone ever says to me. I don't know what they're talking about." I was like, God, was- have we not all thought that at some point? Like, yes. am I actually unable to function in the world? Does anyone ever say anything that makes sense? I've definitely thought that before. So she just has like zinger after zinger after zinger that she delivers and the most incredibly innocent um, and adorable, stupid way. Um, yeah. So that I love. Um, yeah. And I just thought that the the way the characters are drawn and the way that they pit up against each other is was very entertaining for me, even as I was like, "God, if this happened at my own wedding, I would be so upset."
0: <laughs> you know, actually, I I appreciate the fact that the whole bachelorette party blows up because the stripper calls Becky pig face. And the only way he would have known that is if Katie told him, because Katie yes. hired the stripper. The stripper's Katie's coworker. Yeah, and so that's kind of a nice moment where you're like, "Oh, Katie does suck too." Like, yeah, Katie's not innocent in this.
1: Or she was like, we were the B-Faces. I was called this. She was called this. Becky was called Pig-Face. Because they all kind of had names. So it could have just been along with her, like, genuine idiocy, but also...
0: Wait, so maybe um, she is innocent in all this? Well, you know, I'm always looking for the good.
1: <laughs> I'm looking for a reason to like it. You're looking for a reason to hate it. Um, oh, man. Also, as, you know, this this movie inspired one of my plays. And when I had my play Bonnie's Future Sisters, when I got it published, I actually reached out to Leslie Headland to see if she would read it and give a quote for the Oh, for that's the book. so cool. It was super cool. She, you know, is big time and didn't get back to me, but her assistant did. And her assistant read the play and really liked it and then came to see it when it ran in New York. And it was super <laughs> sweet because then we like had coffee and talked and like her assistant's now, you know, not an assistant anymore. She's a, a producer and that was kind of like one of those little Hollywood things where it's like hey if you can't get the person that you want talk to their assistant because they will one day become the person that you want yeah and, um, yeah and,
0: and be nice to everyone
1: be nice to everyone yeah don't
0: yell at the assistant because they're an assistant
1: exactly don't yell at the
0: housekeeping lady because she's a housekeeping lady she might own the hotel next week you know you know yep. <laughs> I mean yeah
1: so this held a special like place for me because it helped me solidify the piece I was writing about a wedding and the piece I was writing about you know bridesmaids getting ready for a wedding and family and whatnot it's a totally different kind of situation but I love this movie for that reason as well
0: (laughs) (laughs) so the the three problems so the so problem number two is their lack of ability to triage meaning like figure out what's the worst problem address that and figure out the order and the treatment for all the problems yeah they just can't do that They're just wandering New York, stuffing dresses in trash bags. Well, they're so fucking coked up, which was
1: like another thing that, um, I don't know, it's just very unfamiliar to me as someone who doesn't do coke, just this (laughs) idea that like you just keep doing coke and you get more amped up and more useless. Like they're just, you think they couldn't be any more useless and they just make themselves even more useless and they can't actually do
0: anything. They're so unfocused. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want you to help me introduce a new segment, which is called Ask a New Yorker. Okay, ready? (laughs) Go. ask Ask a a new yorker Yorker. (laughs) so i asked a new yorker don't you have a 24-hour dry cleaning hookup and wouldn't you in 2011 if you're a person who lives in new york or did they not exist and she was like yeah a regular person in new york city could definitely get same day or next day service, even in, even Not in 2011. Tailoring? Okay. Well, almost all dry cleaners also have, have a, tailor. a tailor. Yeah. Yeah. Jenna is out of this because she lives in Los Angeles, but Regan should 100% have a dry cleaner, a dry cleaner, yeah. a tailored dry cleaner that she knows and has used before and can call and scream out in the middle of the night, you know?
1: <laughs> totally. That's, that's, if she is efficient at doing that, who was yeah. the New Yorker? Is it Jenny?
0: It's Jenny. Yeah. Yay, Jenny! <laughs> Yay, Jenny! <laughs> Hi, Jenny. Um, yeah, they're just wandering around wasting time. They have a side moment where they go to um, this grocery store, which might be Dwayne Reed, but I'm I I can't confirm that. And they are standing in front of the sewing kits and trying to decide which color of white to get because each of the sewing kits has a different shade of white of ivory, pearl, and Regular old plain white.
1: Yeah, I was like, I can't wait to hear what Liza thinks about this.
0: It just makes me think of the moment at your wedding where I was looking for a <laughs> sewing kit. So we didn't need a sewing kit, but I wanted to have one just in case. Because if you have one, you won't need it, and if you don't have one, you will need it. Mm. And so, like, I I got to tell you, like, I asked the front desk at the inn; they didn't have one. So then I walked across the street to that. There's like a tiny weird drugstore. They had like so many weird I mean they had like bobby pins they had razor blades they had just all these kind of things you might need but no sewing kit so I left there and I went to there's a knitting store Uh, (laughs) and I was like knitting store this is gonna this is gonna be it it's gonna be expensive fine whatever I'll just get a sewing kit I went in there and asked for the sewing kit and they were like oh no we only have knitting and I was like oh what (laughs) You're the knitting store in town and you don't just carry some sewing stuff just for fun. Like.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they don't want anyone to try to like move genres. They they wanna deter you from sewing and keep you focused on knitting.
0: Oh man. So then I went down to a street market just in case. I knew that one was gonna be a long shot and they did not, you know, they have um, every kind of patchouli oil I might need but they don't have Mm -hmm. um, a sewing kit. This just kind of brings us back to the whole like, why can't these three awful people fix this problem? Yeah. If New York is so magical that you can walk into a drugstore or grocery store, whatever it is, maybe it's a Dwayne Reed, at like, let's say 3 a.m., and not only can you find thread and needle and scissors in a little kit, you can find three options of colors of white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything is lining up for them to be able to solve this problem, and they just can't. I know. And then mm-hmm. I broke down what you have to do to fix this dress. And you really only need, like, I think you could do this in two hours. And they actually have from 4.30 until 6.45 when Jenna wakes up, yep. runs out of Clyde's bed, runs to the sewing workroom where the mom has fixed it, and the, um, the dress is on a dress form. And I'm going to try to get that clip from when we recorded before where you're collapsing the shoulders of my dress form. Yeah. Um, so I did want to say that I love that when Lizzie Kaplan runs down to the mannequin, she knows how to collapse the shoulders.
1: I noticed that too. It seemed like she was really good at getting it
0: off the mannequin. I wouldn't know the first thing to do. Megan, please go over here and collapse the shoulders on this mannequin. I mean,
1: all I can think is that that means push in these. All right,
0: so she's walking over.
1: Push these in.
0: She's going to push. She's giving it a very gentle. Oh my God. She got it.
1: She got it. I never knew they could do that. Yeah. So you push the side. release. Uh huh.
0: Yeah. So she collapses the shoulders of the dress room, rips the dress off it an and i remember we bag. decided
1: that she would have known how to collapse the shoulders because i didn't know how to do that
0: we, we decided her that her that her was something that that lizzie kaplan knows how to do not that uh, jenna knows right. how to do we right. decided that that was lizzie kaplan's uh, theater training coming through <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is cool yeah so she needs the mom would have needed two hours to fix it now this the huge issue is um that it's so dirty and disgusting yeah But let's imagine that it's clean. What she would have to do is open the lining to get access to like, see what the problem is in there. So you have to open it up further than the rip. You would need to check on the interfacing and press the seams flat and maybe rearrange the pleats, like make sure everything is smooth in there. You would probably put the, the underlap side of the bodice. Get it back together with its lining, stitch that together Mm. and then open the lining somewhere inside the bodice like at the waist or one of the inside seams so that you can reach in and get that seam and pull it out and then work on it inside out get the bodice back together stitch it put it back right side out hand sew the lining shut like that's what you need to do and then you would do a quick check through to make sure like all the hooks and loops are working the hanging tags are still there like you just make sure it's good and so would that
1: require a sewing machine yes right yes
0: Okay, you would that's need not a hand sewed thing. Okay. You, I mean, you could, if it was an emergency, you could do it by hand okay. sewing. You know, Clyde's mom has a whole workroom. So she's got um, the things that she would need. She's got a sewing machine, she's got an iron, because um, you really have to get those seams flat to re them properly. Yeah. But she doesn't actually need the dress form. But um, I think that's just a movie thing of like, you like seeing a dress form. Yeah. <laughs> when a dress official. is on a dress form, a dress it form. looks real. That's if how we know
1: it's done. It was on
0: the table. Meh, we don't know what's going on.
1: Yeah. I th- but, also thought it was like such a kind of an easy solution to just finally take it to Clyde's mom. Like I, I would have liked it to be more of a creative way well, that they I mean, thought.
0: You'd like it if the characters themselves managed to fix it. Instead, they yeah. take it to their mama. Like
1: <laughs> Take it to mama. And to the boyfriend's mama, the ex boyfriend's mama. Yeah.
0: It's like so like um, you know, it's it's like this is supposed to be an adult gross out comedy, but it's it's the parent that fixes everything in the end yeah
1: but maybe that's just to show that these women are all children (laughs) and they they still need their mom to clean up it does highlight that yeah they have not adjusted to adulthood appropriately
0: yeah even though like okay they're class of 99 and this is 2011
1: which also okay so yeah class of 99 2011 so they're they're in their late
0: 20s like 28 or so right? Okay. Yeah. Did you notice
1: how many like 90s references were in this? Yeah. And not correct either. And not correct. Yeah. Like, like references for the writer, but not for the characters. Yeah. The Brian Krakow, My So-Called Life, My Girl, the movie, um, Jordan Catalano was brought up a lot. Um, And the the song. Oh, I Wouldn't Walk 500 Miles is throughout the movie, which I those are
0: all long. references that make sense for somebody who was class of 93, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not class of 99. <laughs> yeah. Which
1: probably was the writer's age. Oh, and there was a reference to Fast Times at Richmond High uh several several times, which is like. Yeah. And I mean, that I one loved was so
0: much earlier, but. Yeah. Um,
1: right. It was kind of retro in the 90s. So it would have made yeah. sense. Um, yeah. But yeah.
0: That one's such a classic. Like, I think kids still I, w- I would imagine that that's still something that teenagers watch but maybe i hope not. so
1: i don't know <laughs> with the, with the blowjob situation i don't know um but i will say it was nice to watch something where i actually know all of the references because those were also things that i watched and for so much of the time growing up you don't know references because you're too young for them and now i'm like oh I- i'm just the right age for these references
0: <laughs> they the characters aren't but you are <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it is and it is funny that it's on the dress form because for a costume shop, if something's on the dress form, that means it's not finished. It's still being worked on or is waiting for approval. (laughs) Like yeah. (laughs) You know when I talk it, you know. (laughs) So like if it was finished, it would be in the garment bag. That's how you know it's done, ready to go out the door. Yeah. Um so maybe Clyde's mom didn't think it was done. Maybe she gave up and went to bed and was like, I'm going to do the rest of it when I wake up in two hours. <laughs> and,
1: and she wakes up and it's
0: gone. So it's gone. And she's just like, oh. Good luck, guys. So I also I looked up dry cleaning because I was like, could you do a dry clean job overnight? And I don't really know what dry cleaning entails, I realized. But what it is is you, you take your thing that's being dry cleaned. Like usually it's a suit jacket. It's something that can't be run through a washing machine. And you submerge it in this, in these, Whatever the chemicals are, it's called it the solution.
1: I think it's called can- just straight up cancer. Just
0: straight up cancer juice, and like then just you full
1: carcinogenic. You
0: sort of jiggle it gently. It doesn't yeah. like a washing machine will tumble things. You don't want these. The this is for things that can't be tumbled. So then after it's been you know kind of jiggled around in there, then you rinse it with more of the just straight up cancer, and then um... <laughs> <laughs> so awful. And then you blow air at it to dry it, which I haven't seen this, but I've heard that like when you take a man's shirt to be laundered, they actually are laundered, but then they put them on this thing that kind of like the um, wiggly arm man that they have outside car dealership lots. You put the shirt on a blower and it blows air like through the body and the sleeves of the shirt. <laughs> this is what I've been told. Is this true? I don't know, but it's really fun yeah. to imagine. Yeah. Uh, so at any anyway, rate, like let's say it's a suit or a wedding dress, you would then air air blow it. And then here's the crazy thing: dry cleaning can't take out blood. Blood needs to be spot cleaned with an enzyme. Whoa. So I do think that they would want to dry clean this dress because it's been stepped on and you know it's got it's got a bunch of problems. You just want it to be kind of generally sanitized.
1: <laughs> Which they did actually get right for the movie. This is one of those things where the yeah. plot and reality probably accidentally were yeah. correct. Yeah, they wanted it to have blood on the dress at the very end because it worked for the plot. And also you're saying for dry cleaning purposes,
0: they couldn't have gotten the blood out anyway. A good dry cleaning place though, right? really any dry cleaning place will also do spot cleaning. Because, oh, you know, part. when you're taking something in to get dry clean, you're like, I don't, I don't know what you do. Just make this be clean. <laughs> yeah. So they would have the enzymes or whatever that are needed to break down blood. But Megan, did you know? that if you are doing some hand sewing and you prick your finger and you get like a drop of blood on like the white wedding dress that you're sewing, do you know how to get that out? Oh God, no. Your own saliva can break down your own blood. <gasps> Whoa! This isn't gonna work with like buckets of blood.
1: <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Change your plans.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if, you have, if you have like a tiny pinprick. So what you would do is you get like a clean piece of fabric just white muslin or something, yeah. and just like lick it or get get a little bit of your saliva on it, and then take that fabric and just rub the blood spot, and your own saliva will break down your own blood.
1: This is blowing my fucking mind. Yeah, okay. so
0: don't go around licking wedding dresses because your saliva won't work on other people's okay. blood.
1: Or <laughs> well, pricking my finger over other people's wedding. Well, no, don't my do own that. Finger. Don't try to use my own saliva on other people's blood stains.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: <It won't work. laughs>
0: again change your plans this changes everything now in the movie they get the dry cleaning done in 40 minutes they do have a timestamp stamp on that she's like oh we'll be there in 40 minutes you know yeah. jenna's like 40 minutes and then 40 minutes i gotta smoke a bomb <laughs> the whole movie she's like ah i just want to be high <laughs> and i get i mean i guess you could do that i would say if One, we're in this situation, you would want to leave like eight hours for the dry cleaner and then Uh, like two hours for the repair. Because you're a nice person, you would want to clean it first and then take it to your person who's gonna sew it. Mm -hmm. Um, Megan, I have news for you. Do you know that I put your wedding dress in a trash bag? (gasps) (laughs) A clean brand new trash bag that's just come off the roll is actually really useful for when you're sewing something big like a wedding dress that you need to keep clean because you can put the whole big skirt in the trash bag and you know it's safe while you've got whatever little part of it exposed to work on either by hand or by machine. That's awesome. I'm actually
1: deeply unoffended by that. (laughs) My little environmentalist brain goes, any way to use a trash bag besides for trash? I love it, I'll take it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you can also use a nice clean trash bag as a garment bag. You just stick it over the hanger And then you tie it shut at the bottom
1: oh yes yeah from like the time the dress gets fixed to like the time the bridesmaids sit down at the end of the movie i was just like oh my god like there was just non-stop action like kirsten Dunst is trying to keep isla fisher from dying she's like unconscious they're trying to get the dress fixed she's trying to keep the bride happy and when the three bridesmaids sit down together at the very end i had this moment where i was like doesn't every bridesmaid kind of feel this way after a wedding
0: like just destroyed
1: <laughs> but sort of like oh my god somehow we did it i don't yeah. know yeah.
0: yeah oh man i so wanted um okay so we get that shot of the wedding they're they're not walking down the aisle they've they've just pieced out they've given up they're not gonna make it totally past unacceptable. the finish line <laughs> totally yeah.
1: unacceptable which is like
0: uh-uh girls you're here one of yeah. you almost died but you're clearly fine so let's 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 keep going
1: Pin a flower on the throw up and just walk down the aisle. Yes. Come on.
0: Yeah. But then there are spaces for them left up by the bride. Like the the other bridesmaids haven't reclumped into a better formation. Poor planning. I know. And I was kind of like, I wish that there wasn't even space for these three. Like that Becky knew from the beginning. I only asked them here to torture them. (laughs) <laughs> I know they're not going to be able to handle it. There's no way they're going to make it there tomorrow morning if they've been together all night. I'm going to assume they won't be up there, and I'm not even going to leave space for them on their little stair-step thingy. Well,
1: the wedding planner should have stepped in and closed that gap.
0: Yeah, I mean, Emily yeah.
1: would have been like, closing yeah. the gap. Yeah, Emily no would have been like,
0: you girls stand girls here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Nobody can ever tell that they were supposed to be here. This wedding is still going to look perfect.
0: Okay, so they yes, we've we've got time. We've got their lack of ability to triage. We've got... The fact that they're super off-putting and terrible. Let's move on to would she sew it? Or would, okay, so would Clyde's mom sew this thing?
1: Oh yeah, I think she would.
0: Yeah, now why do you think she would?
1: Because she is looking at these, she knows Jenna and she knows what she's about and she's like, I'm not gonna let, you're obviously on the verge of ruining someone's life as you ruined my son's (laughs) life. (laughs) <laughs> when you had the abortion that you definitely should have had and shouldn't have any regrets about
0: yeah no That's regrets about podcast. that <laughs>
1: yeah like the whole storyline of her being like I wish you had been there when I had my abortion I was kind of just like I don't know should he have been well am I am I being insensitive or
0: I mean my problem that? with that is his answer is it was too sad and I'm like yeah it was sad for her too but she still had to go through with it
1: yeah or, like, like, was it sad you were 16? Like, of course <laughs> you are going to have an abortion. Like, what? <laughs> it's sad when you're, like, 40 and trying to get pregnant. It's not sad when you're a teenager and, of course, you're going to, like, Yeah, not. Yeah, um, it was
0: a bummer to me that Clyde got so much more, um, like, lines about that. And his reaction was the one that mattered about that. Yeah. It was kind of like, no, take this story yeah. away from the man in this situation. It needs to be all yeah, a woman. Yeah, nobody
1: cares about him okay he didn't show up for you that's a really good sign that he's a piece of shit but also like you're kind of a piece of shit too so
0: actually if we had been meant to like Clyde which I'm not sure if we're supposed to like anybody but if we were meant to like Clyde if he had said it was too sad for me so I called Regan and that's why she took you that would have been a great moment if he Mm -hmm. was like I I couldn't handle it because I was too young and stupid but I made sure you were okay
1: Yeah. And another great Isla Fisher line is when she says, we had an abortion without me.
0: I love that too. Like she wasn't there for it. (laughs) She wanted to be with them.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, totally not to make any light of abortion choices, but I was definitely a little bit like, "Mm, I don't know about this, but yes, I think the mom would have definitely helped make the dress because she has seen the carnage that this group of girls is capable of. And she would not want to, um, you know, keep that train rolling
0: <laughs> I agree I have I have a no and a yes on this no she would not sew it because the stress is a fucking biohazard
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's got like multiple semen samples on it and blood
0: and trash and who knows what and you know it's a biohazard like no yeah. you know you go clean this and bring it back to me and maybe I'll do it then then they would have been in a whole loop of like it has to be clean first no it has to be fixed first no it has to be clean first but then I came around to yes, because, like you said, she knows Jenna. She probably likes Jenna. Yeah. she's She probably doesn't know why Clyde and Jenna broke up, but she's probably a little bummed about it. And then there's that weird, like, time dilation of when you're older. Like, like for Jenna and Clyde, when they graduated, 1999 was a lifetime ago. But for the mom, like, that was probably, like, two seconds ago. Mm. Like, the mom remembers when Clyde was a baby. And yeah. now... The mom sees that clyde's like older and still dumb but you know like the mom, mom probably likes jenna yeah. and it's just like gosh two seconds ago they were in high school and i, I do want to i don't know what happened with them but i'm gonna help
1: totally she's gonna help she's gonna step in and also yeah through all of this jenna is like pretty likable i mean you can see
0: the fact that she focuses at the end on getting yeah. it done
1: yeah yeah she's like sort of the least Actually, I wouldn't say least offensive, because she does have that whole bulimia thing. (laughs) Every time I try to defend one of these characters... (laughs) No, you just can't defend any of them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but I love it. Like, I keep
0: thinking, like, Regan's the worst monster, and then I'm like, no, actually, no, then there's this. (laughs) Right, and then
1: there's, like, moments with Regan where I'm like, I kind of like like everyone in this movie, and they're all so terrible, but, you know,
0: maybe that is just life. So should she sew it? Yes, because we don't want to let their bad behavior... Like the mom doesn't want to let their bad behavior ruin someone else's wedding.
1: Yeah, and like you said, it's really kind of sweet. She would definitely help because she's always this is her kid and she probably has fond memories of this relationship or or maybe she hates Jenna. I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> she would
0: do it. <laughs> yeah Should should these girls fix this problem?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. It would be totally their fault. It'd be visibly their fault. They don't want to be Regan doesn't want to be held accountable for anything.
1: Yeah, for all her faults. Neither does Jenna. To- yeah, and Regan needs to do a good job at this role. Like she does a good job at whatever she's doing.
0: Okay, but do we think that they should fix it? I mean, yeah, obviously. Yeah, we don't want to see it. We're we're I I'm anxious this whole movie. I wanted to get fixed. <laughs> totally. The
1: dirtier and more dragged around, and less likely it seems that they're gonna fix it, the more anxious I was. And
0: all right, so it's time now, Megan, for our lightning round. Could win and should, but before we do that, I'm introducing a segment called Ask. A chemist. All right, say it with me. Ask, ask a, a chemist. chemist. All right, so I asked a chemist, I actually didn't ask this. This was unsolicited information from a chemist, but it's really interesting. Back when we were talking about Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, I was talking about Lycra versus Spandex, and I got this information from our favorite chemist, who's Allison Coster. Woo, hi, Allison. She says, from a fiber perspective, Spandex is the fiber, period. Lycra is a brand name of spandex, like Kleenex or Cat Chow. Lycra may have certain characteristics defined by whatever company owns that trade name. Purina Cat Chow has prescribed characteristics like shape, ingredients, etc. that make it somewhat different than Meow Mix or another brand or line, for example. Additionally, spandex slash Lycra fabric is never 100% spandex. It would be prohibitively expensive and would not have all the desired characteristics of the fabric you know. For swimwear, leggings, etc., the stretchy fabric actually contains only 10% spandex. Even 15% would be rare. The balance is often nylon, maybe some rayon or polyester. The nylon, rayon, polyester is already stretchy. The spandex just gives it elasticity, so it returns to its original shape and size. Fiber content must be called out on all garments or fabric bolts in the U.S. And percentages have an allowance of plus or minus 3%. And some shadier manufacturers abuse that to give the perception theirs is a higher quality product than it is. They can and will claim 3% spandex, even when in reality, it is only 0.5% spandex. Mm, Fascinating. The ATTCC, which is the Federal Regulatory Body for Textiles, only allows the standard fiber name on call-out labels, cotton, polyester, spandex. Many companies will play shenanigans on the first round and claim Egyptian cotton or lycra or use non-standard terms like viscose. If caught, they will have to change the labeling on subsequent runs. As you can imagine, it is an impossible battle, especially because usually only the first run is tested. As long as the company doesn't alter the fibers or percentages of subsequent runs, they aren't required to submit samples for testing. They usually get away with their bullshit fiber callouts and non legit fiber names, which misleads people into thinking Lycra and Spandex are different. TLDR all Lycra is Spandex, all Spandex is not Lycra. Wow, thorough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I love that there was a kitty comparison in there because Allison is a big cat person just like me yeah there was that one loose end around Isla Fisher having gone to FIT for a semester did you want to address that at all like did oh, she? oh I how did so yeah
0: okay so this is another part where this movie has not invented anything FIT is real this is the yeah. fashion institute of technology and it's one of my favorite places to visit when I go to New York because it has a free museum which has a really good costume exhibit just always running something so yes FIT is real and she said she went for six months.
1: For a semester.
0: For, okay, so to get into FIT at all, you would know how to sew. Yeah, it's and... highly
1: selective. <laughs> it's like a
0: huge deal. Yeah. <laughs> and one could fix this dress good enough to make it down the aisle with just hand sewing. Mm. That is possible. Let's run through a list of people who could have solved this problem. Housekeeping, <laughs> the wedding planner, and Isla Fisher herself.
1: Yeah. Literally could have done it if she wasn't so coked up and stupid.
0: Yeah. If they had managed to just focus up, you know what they should have done is just bought all three of the colors of white thread. She does say,
1: she says, I need a sewing machine, duh, like at one point. So
0: yeah, but she doesn't really. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If they had bought three kits and taken them all back to that planning room or that prep room that they got the wedding dress from, and she could have just been like, you two go away, I'm going to fix this. But, I mean, obviously, they're not going to do that. That's not her character at all.
1: Right. And it's very yeah. anticlimactic.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, let's do our lightning round real quick. Ready? Okay. Could these girls sew it? Wait, no. Could these girls fix this problem? Could they? No. Yes. <laughs> Wait. But could Clyde's mom? Let's do it yes. that way. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Would they? Would these awful girls run around all night long like crazy trying to fix this problem yeah Yeah.
1: because even though there's all they're awful there's too much at stake for them to not yeah fry
0: yeah
1: um and then not totally awful (laughs) they're like the spandex 0.5 to 3 percent not awful the rest totally awful they're
0: yeah the rest of them is made of rayon and awful
1: (laughs) you know what i'm trying to say
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right and should they oh absolutely Yes. yes um all right that solves that Listener, if the girls in this movie remind you of your own terrible high school friends, send them a link. Let them know you're <laughs> thinking of them. And if you'd like to see photos related to this episode, check out our Insta. Okay, so uh, Megan, why don't you say hi to our listener in Perth?
1: <gasps> Who's that? In
0: Perth, Australia? I don't know. Okay. It's our listener. our listener.
1: Hi to our listener in Perth, Australia. Amazing.
0: And I'm going to say hi to our listener in Manhattan, and that's it. So Yes,
1: and I would like to say an official hi to our listener who is my wedding planner emily thomas of ek events yay Um, yay (laughs) all the things that uh i hope never happen to any weddings that she works on (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but i will just i just want to also add that i love i love this movie much like babysitter's club i mean god much like are you there oh my god (laughs) <laughs> much
0: like much
1: like are you there god it's me margaret and babysitter's which we've and... never talked about <laughs> <laughs> much like don't tell mom the babysitter's dead i think this movie is flawless
0: <laughs> okay. all right bye megan
1: bye liza thank you for listening to there's no thread keep it threaded
0: well we'll do an even better job next time Yeah, boy!